Welcome back to day eight of the Black Jackson Estate Christmas special. The Black Jackson Estate presents the 12 days of Christmas. We are moving swiftly into the last stretch of our holiday season and the last stretch of the year. I hope you guys have looked back over your year and giving yourself a pat on the back for making it, for accomplishing some new things, for trying out new things, for withstanding this pandemic one more year. You guys just hold on. Change is coming. We are moving into 2022 and hopefully into brighter, more maskless days. User 1.5, how are you doing today? Well, uh, I'm doing well. My heart has now grown to its original size. I was two sizes too small then one size too small in the last episode. And now I have a heart of gold. Happy, happy holidays, fam. It's very good to be a person who has a big heart during the holidays because uh, no one likes a Scrooge. No one likes a Grinch. Everyone wants to feel like they're part of something good and around folks who are celebrating in a spirit of cheerfulness, which brings me to user two, who always has a spirit of cheerfulness. Except for when she needs a nap, she can get real testy then. How you doing, user two? Joy to the squirrels. What squirrels? <laughs> <laughs> it's just her. a little remix for you guys. Something goodwill towards men. Something for you to think about. Um, I'm feeling great. I'm excited about more eggnog and DeSorono, which powered me through the first set of these episodes. So I'm happy to be pulling in strong on that on the next batch. I don't have it on me, but I will have that thing on me by the time I get to day 12. Don't even worry about it. We'll have that thing. You know, if you guys want to give us a gift, we appreciate the gift of support. Our podcast. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, if you got some extra change and you're like, I want to do something great for somebody else, the Black Jackson Estate appreciates your support. All the support we get for our podcast goes to running our podcast and making sure that we uh, can bring you the best content in the best quality. We're still learning. If you've been with us from like day one, you know how we sounded. It was really crazy. We continue to try to improve and do better and better so that the content we're bringing is content that you enjoy and that you can enjoy listening to at any time and at any place. So thank you so much for those who have supported us throughout this year and who have supported us from the very beginning. We look forward to continuing to bring you wonderful MJ content from a Black millennial perspective moving into next year. Please donate. Please donate. It's day eight. On the eighth day of Christmas, BJE gave to me eight golden Grammys, seven fans of fainting, six sequence gloves, mm. the Jackson five, mm, mm, mm. four llamas lurking, three teas singing a two piece white, and Michael in a given tree. Amen. Amen. And we are moving into day eight, y'all. Can you believe it? We're right here on day eight. And we have a really special episode that will speak to the snappers in all of us, the lounge lovers out there in the MJ fam, the folks who know how to rock a mic at the Poetry Jam. User two is going to take us on a journey through Michael Jackson's 
poetry, his real softer side, where he expresses who he is and the things that we really enjoyed about that effort. User two, take it away. Ah, yes. Michael Jackson, a poet, and you didn't even know it. Dancing the Dream, Michael Jackson's second book following his autobiography, Moonwalk, which we previously discussed on another episode of the podcast. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. We dig into the publishing deal that Michael inked with Doubleday employee and former first lady Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, who books Michael Jackson for two concepts. One, an autobiography, which was supplemented by a ridiculous amount of very beautiful pictures. And two, this book of poetry, Dancing the Dream, which is also supplemented by a bunch of beautiful pictures and poems written by Michael Joseph Jackson. So if you haven't read this book, you should. As a Michael Jackson fan, it's a real peek into his life. This book is a bunch of random thoughts from your favorite superstar. And boy, oh boy, are they a wild ride. User one, user 1.5. I just want to pulse check. Have y'all read this book? Flip through it. Are you familiar with it? Uh, what is your relationship with Michael's book, Dancing the Dream? So I have not read it. I've seen it. I've touched it with my own two hands, but I haven't actually picked it up to read it cover to cover. So I'm really excited to unpack this book with you, user two. Uh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to share this experience with you. User one, did you read this as a little baby MJ fan or is this something you caught later in life like I did? Um, I read it on Jetsy back in the day and then voila, fell into my lap in adulthood. Yeah, I, I actually got this book probably in high school at some point. Um, and it is a very interesting collection of poetry. I think I haven't revisited it as an adult and I think that that is really needed to really sit down you know different places in your life you can read things very differently and I think that's important to to unpack um and the idea that Michael put himself out there and continued to show us obviously we're always reading Michael Jackson's poetry if you're reading his the books in the CD cover or you're listening to his songs, you're listening to his poetry or you're reading his poetry, his songs, his lyrics. And these are the ones that obviously didn't go to that form and just took a different form of how he wanted to present it to the world. But I think I love Michael. Michael is an artist. He really is a creator. And I love all angles of that fact. I love that. I love that he is visually creative, that he can draw. I love that he is verbally creative, that he gives us lyrics and ideas that we can kind of grab onto in different ways. I love that he uh, gives us visuals in the, in the form of music videos. I just think he is really the, the all around creator in this book of poetry cements that fact and, and it really backs it up agreed so this book again is a collection of musings and as it as it is written by michael poems and 
reflections. So we're going to dig into it. If you've ever wondered what Michael Jackson felt about writing books, it's not hard to find that he hated it. Uh, and <laughs> uh, Moonwalk is proof of that. But moving into this book, Michael felt like it was way more personal because these are just random thoughts that he had collected over time while on tour or writing. Um, and some of these writings appear in lyrics to songs and short films and uh, the music that we enjoy to this day. So uh, Michael did a simul chat back in 1995 and someone there, this is when uh, chat rooms were all the rage where uh, before FaceTime and video was a thing, you just go online and you pop into a chat room. And if it's a Michael Jackson themed chat room, then hey, that's what you're talking about. And this was a fan chat room where Michael answered questions from folks online. And it was one of his first experiences with chat rooms online, or at least that's what he told us in 1995. So the question Michael got in the chat was, it is rumored, and I know that you hate that word, that you are doing another book. Do you plan on another book? If so, what will it contain? Michael responded, I wrote a book called Dancing the Dream. It was more autobiographical than Moonwalk, which I did with Mrs. Onassis. It wasn't full of gossip and scandal and all that trash that people write. So I don't think people paid much attention to that, but it came from my heart. It was essays, thoughts, and things that I've thought about while on tour. I'm not planning to write another book anytime soon. User one, overall, what are your thoughts on the book before we get into some of the subject matter? Is this, uh, you mentioned that you should read it again with adult eyes, but you haven't yet. <laughs> is it something that screams to you that you need to revisit it? Or is it just something we need to redo for the podcast? I think it, as a fan, it's definitely something to revisit because you, you, you know and learn the most about someone through what they say and what they write, what, what they say, whether verbally or in written form. And the fact that there's probably, like he said, more packed into this than Moonwalk, which clearly is just a, a marketing hit piece. It doesn't really, it gives you some, it does definitely gives you some things, but overall is not necessarily um, the most, you know, it, it's not the most uh, in-depth exploration of Michael as a person, as a, as a creative, uh, you kind of get triple spaced uh wording over about 200 and so odd pages and that's kind of it i think this is a better and a closer peek into his soul and understanding better the artist and the man so yeah let's run through some of the titles here my favorite the fish that was thirsty how i make music a reflection a poem Two Birds, another poem, Angel of Light, another poem, I Searched for My Star, another poem, That One in the Mirror, and another one of my favorites, Look Again, Baby Seal. Now, these titles are a collection of musings mostly on either the environment, children, or the magic within 
user 1.5 when you hear those titles what are you thinking does this sound like a michael jackson album um what is it giving you just strictly judging a book by its titles it's giving me uh zoo vibes we've got a fish who apparently is thirsty in the all-out water we've got a seal that's a baby uh, something about a dude in the mirror. It's a lot going on. Well, why don't we get into it? The first one, the fish that was thirsty. I'm most excited what? about this one. Just, just so you know, read it with passion. Read it with the, the Holy Ghost. Now remember, this is written by Michael Joseph Jackson. The fish that was thirsty. One night, a baby fish was sleeping under some coral when God appeared to him in a dream. I want you to go forth with a message to all the fish in the sea, God said. What should I tell them? The little fish asked. Just tell them you're thirsty, God replied, and see what they do. Then without another word, he disappeared. The next morning, the little fish woke up and remembered his dream. What a strange thing God wants me to do, he thought to himself. But as soon as he saw a large tuna swimming by, the little fish piped up. Excuse me, but I'm thirsty. Then you must be a fool, the tuna said. And with a disdainful flick of the tail, he swam away. The little fish did feel rather foolish, but he had his orders. The next fish he saw was a grinning shark. Keeping a safe distance, the little fish called out, excuse me, sir, but I'm thirsty. Then you must be crazy, the shark replied. Noticing a rather hungry look in the shark's eye, the little fish swam away quickly. All day he met cod and mackerels and swordfish and groupers. And every time he made a short speech, they turned their backs and would have nothing to do with him. Feeling hopelessly confused, the little fish sought out the wisest creature in the sea, who happened to be an old blue whale with three harpoon scars on his side. Excuse me, but I'm thirsty, the little fish shouted, wondering if the old whale could even see him. He was such a tiny speck. But the wise one stopped in his tracks. You've seen God, haven't you? He said. How do you know? Because I was thirsty once, too, the old whale laughed. The little fish looked very surprised. Please tell me what this message from God means, he implored. It means that we are looking for him in the wrong places, the old well explained. We look high and low for God, but sometimes he's not there. So we blame him and tell ourselves that he must have forgotten us or else we decide that he left a long time ago if he was ever around. How strange, the little fish said to miss what is everywhere. Very strange, the old whale agreed. Doesn't it remind you of fish who say they're thirsty? The fish that was thirsty. Ashley, I, first of all, I was gonna take notes, but I don't need to. Um, did, was he, did he just watch The Prince of Egypt when he wrote that story? That sounds like the story of Moses. 
Well, this came out in 1995, so he probably didn't watch The Prince. Okay, well, then he read the story and he was like, you know, I'm going to do something similar. Instead of a burning bush, I'm going to have it be a dream. And I'm going to have God tell this little fish to say he's thirsty. The same way that that Moses said to the Pharaoh, let my people go. Let my people moonwalk. (laughs) What is that? Okay. Well, that's an interesting, it's like an Aesop. Like one of Aesop's fables, but well, this is a theme heavy in this book, and that is God is a heavy, heavy theme in Michael's writing. Very so, his spirituality and um is a very big focal point of his writings in this book. He also has a a a very short poem that is called God, where he talks about um how people fight over religion instead of just accepting the fullness of God manifesting himself in different people in different ways. He's got some, this is like a bigger theme in, in the, in the book, but I think it anchors back to the point that Michael was saying that you probably can learn more from me from this and how I am and who I am than you could from the thing I did over here with moonwalk. So I think it kind of goes back to that. And maybe he was writing and thinking to himself, you know, one day when I have kids, I want to write something that they'll be able to relate to and extract the story from the bigger meaning from, you know, a story that is more. I could definitely see this being a a child's, you know, illustrated book that just that that story, just get somebody to draw some pictures, bind it up. It's a favorite. Michael's fables, Michael's fables. We're going to move on. This one's a little more introspective and more of a reflection. And this one's called How I Make Music. People ask me how I make music. I tell them I just step into it. It's like stepping into a river and joining the flow. Every moment in the river has its song. So I stay in the moment and listen. What I hear is never the same. A walk through the woods brings a light crackling song. Leaves rustle in the wind. Birds chatter and squirrels scold. Twigs crunch underfoot and the beat of my heart holds it all together. When you join the flow, the music is inside and outside and both are the same. As long as I can listen to the moment, I'll always have music. So user one asked me about the squirrels I was singing about early on. And basically I was trying to summon Michael's spirit for the recording of this episode. Um, that is how I make music. Do you find that reflection insightful at all? Is it telling you anything you didn't know, user one? Of course it does. Of course it does. Michael is a, like I said, he's a true artist. So I think that um, how he gets to his art or how he gets to the creative process of, of, of creating his art, there's always something new he's kind of sharing with us. So I think that this book, again, illustrates that fact that he's trying to share with us a lot of different things that he feels about so many different topics, including his creative process, his relationship with God, his ideas of God. Um, there's, there's a whole lot that he puts into this book, which is why I say reading it as a teenager, I don't think I could have. And you have to just live life and experience some things to sometimes go back and read something and 
and pick it up in a different way. And so that's why I think that it deserves a, a more thorough analysis and consideration for me as a grown person who can look back and probably relate more to this Michael Jackson than the teenage me could have. One thing I'd like to add about this book, alongside all of the beautiful photographs of Michael uh, for various performances or short films or just general photo shoots, alongside them are pieces of art that he commissioned to be drawn, many of those pieces which were on display at Neverland. Um, and you might have seen some of them in auctions in subsequent years and also supplemented by work that he drew himself. And so we saw a bit of that artwork in the history box set where Michael shared some of his drawings and this uh, book of poems and reflections has a lot of those drawings as well. Hold on, I have a I have a request. Yeah, I really like um, courage from this book. Okay, it's curious what takes courage and what doesn't. When I step out on stage in front of thousands of people, I don't feel that I'm being brave. It can take much more courage to express true feelings to one person. When I think of courage, I think of the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz. He was always running away from danger. He often cried and shook with fear, but he was also sharing his real feelings with those he loved, even though he didn't always like those feelings. That takes real courage, the courage to be intimate. Expressing your feelings is not the same as falling apart in front of someone else. It's being accepting and true to your heart, whatever it may say. When you have the courage to be intimate, you know who you are and you're willing to let others see that. It's scary because you feel so vulnerable, so open to rejection. But without self-acceptance, the, the other kind of courage, the kind heroes show in movies, seems hollow. In spite of the risk, the courage to be honest and intimate opens the way to self-discovery. It offers what we all want, the promise of love. That was nice. I, I like that one. Now, that one was nice. Yeah, I like that one because it feels like it is um, Michael... Again, talking about themes that he's talked about before, his desire to be, to have close relationships with people, to trust them, to be able to be intimate and the courage it would take for someone who is much more reserved or self-conscious to do that, you know, and just expressing his idea that that sort of courage, you know, he you want to be able to have it, but first you got to be able to accept yourself so that you can be vulnerable with somebody else. Those, those were themes that showed up in his music. And so you saw them again, show up in his writing um, and throughout this book. So I think he really did give us a deep, a deep peek and dive into who he, who he was as a human and as a man. That was really an introspective poem. So we're going to close out with my favorite, look again, baby seal. It's a cute little baby seal. Did Michael draw that? I can't tell. So this is one of the things that kind of bugs me about this. It doesn't tell you when Michael draws it very clearly or if it's commissioned. I'm looking at it very closely without my glasses on. It's a beautiful, like, penciled black and white drawing of a little baby seal. And I can see a name very small sketched on the side like an artist might do but they don't make a, a clear distinction of what Michael drew and what he didn't in this book you kind of just gotta 
you gotta know if you didn't put that big ass MJ beside it with the sparks on it, you're kind of just guessing. Look again, Baby Seal by Michael Jackson. One of the most touching nature photographs is of a baby fur seal lying on the ice alone. I'm sure you have seen it. The picture seems to be all eyes, the trusting dark eyes of a small animal gazing up at the camera and into your heart. When I first looked at them, the eyes asked, are you going to hurt me? I knew the answer was yes, because thousands of baby seals were being killed every year. Many people were touched by one baby seal's helplessness. They gave money to save the seals and public awareness started to shift. As I returned to the picture, those two wide eyes began to say something different. Now they asked, do you know me? This time I didn't feel so much heartache as when I felt the violence man inflicts upon animals, but I realized that there was still a big gap. How much did I really know about life on earth? What responsibility did I feel for creatures outside my little space? How could I lead my life so that every cell of living matter was also benefited? Everyone who began to wonder about these things found, I think, that their feelings were shifting away from fear towards more closeness with life as a whole. The beauty and wonder of life began to seem very personal. The possibility of making the planet a garden for all of us to grow in began to dawn. I looked into the eyes of the baby seal and for the first time they smiled. Thank you, they said. You have given me hope. Is that enough? Hope is such a beautiful word, but it often seems very fragile. Life is still being needlessly hurt and destroyed. The image of one baby seal alone on the ice or one baby girl orphaned in war is still frightening in its helplessness. I realized that nothing would finally save life on earth, but trust in life itself, in its power to heal, in its ability to survive our mistakes and welcome us back when we learn to correct those mistakes. With those thoughts in my heart, I looked at the picture again steel eyes seemed much deeper now and I saw something in them that I had missed before unconquerable strength you have not hurt me they said I am not one baby alone I am life and life can never be killed it is the power that brought me forth from the emptiness of space it cared for me and nourished my existence against all dangers I am safe because I am that power and so are you be with me and let us feel the power of life together as one creature here on earth. Baby seal, forgive us. Look at us again and again to see how we are doing. Those men who raise their clubs over you are also fathers and brothers and sons. They have loved and cared for others. One day they will extend that love to you. Be sure of it and trust. Look again, baby seal. By Michael Jackson. And that concludes Michael's gift of dancing the dream during our 12 days of Christmas. Users, any parting thoughts on Michael's poems and reflections? Well, I definitely, um, I'm going to have to get the book and read it and reflect on it and internalize it. But I loved uh, the, the courage one. Um, I thought that was very Michael. 
And um, and so I'm excited to to read all about it and, and update y'all on the next full length episode of the Black Jackson Estate podcast. Good book. If you don't have it, go get it. Some good reading over the holiday season to help you not even just uh, consider Michael and who he was as a person, but also to consider your own life and different ideas you have about some of the topics that are explored. Joy to the squirrels and baby seals. Let Michael's gifts be free. And that concludes day eight of the Black Jackson Estate presents the 12 Days of Christmas, our Christmas special. Join us tomorrow for day nine as we move closer to Christmas Day. We can't wait to celebrate with you once again. We'll see you tomorrow, MJ fam. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you.